Gregor Chisholm from MLB.com Blue Jays reporter joins me. Gregor, how are you, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. Uh, so let's talk this waiver trade deadline and Josh Donaldson rehab assignment. The deadline's Friday. Do you see him getting dealt? And if he does, what should Jays fans expect back? I do think he's going to get dealt, and I don't think fans are going to necessarily be happy with, uh, yeah. with what the Jays get in return. I mean, I, I, there's not going to be a big piece here coming back. Um, I think you're talking about a bit of a, uh, like a lottery ticket, wild card type prospect. Um, it's not going to be a package of top guys. Um, they're going to be lucky to get someone that they really like. Um, I, they're not in a position of strength right now, and, and it really seems like, you know, most teams out there uh, know as well that the Jays are really aggressively looking to get something done here, um, because it seems like they want nothing to do with the qualifying offer uh, this off season. And in some ways, I don't fully understand that. In some ways, I do. Um, but this team does not seem like it wants to offer Josh Donaldson an $18 million qualifying offer this offseason because um, there's a good chance that after this type of season that he's had that he would accept that. Um, and the only way to, to get away from that kind of controversy and drama of whether or not to offer him and make him the offer or not um, is to get rid of him over the next few days. Um, and you can save face a little bit that way. Um, you know, So uh, you know, I think he's going to be dealt if he's able to prove um, you know, today that he's fully healthy uh, and teams are going to be, you know, have the next 48 hours to, to evaluate him and uh, get their waiver claims in. I would think that another team out there would take a chance. If I'm a contending team and I've got a little bit of money to spend, I'm taking the risk there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we've seen what an impact bat this guy can be. I don't care if he's only played in a handful of games this year and only has five home runs. Um, he's one of the impact guys that can really um, help turn the tides for your team uh, over the next month. So uh, if I'm a team, I'm going after that, and I would expect him to be gone by Friday. Well, and Gregor, to your point, to avoid this qualifying offer, because if we're all correct and that Vlad Guerrero Jr. is going to be up at the end of April next year, well, he plays third. So the question is then, are you putting uh, him somewhere else? Are you putting Donaldson at first? Like It just seems like there's a whole lot of unnecessary confusion in a year that has been stated is going to be a retool or a rebuild season, right? Yeah, absolutely. My my only counter argument to that would be, what are you going to do with the eighteen million uh, if you don't spend it on Donaldson? And, and to be honest, I, I would take even a bit of a hardball stance with him. I'd say, before I offered the qualifying offer at the end of the year, I'd say, you know, if you accept this, um, you know, in 2019, we're going to move you all over. Vladimir Guerrero's coming up here at the end of April, so you're going to play a little bit of third base at the start of April. You're going to play a little bit of first base. You're going to play a little DH. He's going to, you know, we're going to play you every day, uh, but you're going to have to move around a little bit. And I think that would add even more motivation for for Donaldson to try out and go out there and find another deal. And maybe he does come back on on that type of situation where you have to move him around. And to me, I think that would be okay because what else are you going to do with that 18 million? Now that. Now, the downside to all this, I do realize that there are some risks for the team as well. You can't trade a qualifying offer player until June, so your uh, your flexibility is gone for a little bit, and then you're essentially paying um, eighteen million dollars for a guy that you're you know you're gonna you know you're gonna flip at the deadline. Um, but to me, uh, I, I just like the idea of trying to do everything you can to protect what assets you have. And to me, uh, Josh Donaldson, there's no question, he's a diminished asset right now. Um, but I still think he's someone who could turn into an asset. But, you know, I, I don't think that's the direction they're going to take, though. You know, I, I really think that if, a, if another team out there sees something in Donaldson over the next uh, 48 hours on his rehab, and if he's actually able to play, because I still have some doubts uh, as to whether or not he's going to be able to get through this week. I mean, we've been waiting for this guy since, uh, you know, the, the, since May, uh, yeah. and there's been multiple setbacks along the way. They're obviously trying to force the issue here. 
but there's also no guarantee in my mind that, that he's, you know, absolutely certain to get through these next 48 hours and actually um, be able to go onto the market. But if he does, uh, I would expect him to move. Well, the other side of it, too, there, Gregor, is if you have Donaldson back under that scenario and you're moving him around, then you also have another expensive guy in Russ Martin that you're also going to be moving around yeah. and looking where to, to put him with Danny Jansen up, I guess, right? Yeah, and, and you also got other complicating factors, like you've got Kendrys Morales, who, yeah. you know, at first is, you know, positive of storyline as, as he's been over the last seven days. I mean, he's still a guy who is taking up uh, a lot of the bats out of your DH spot. And so, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, this is a complicated situation. That's why I do kind of get it from both sides. I do err on the side of just kind of always protecting your assets, but I do get the counter argument. I mean, it's a lot of money. Uh, it's tying up a position where you, where the, you know, the next wave of talent is coming. I mean, that, that spot is, is Vladimir Guerrero's, uh, from, you know, the end of April until, you know, who knows until he proves he can't play that position at the big leagues. I mean, that's his spot. And then you've got Smoke and Morales and you've got, you know, Martin, you've got a lot of pieces here. Um, and, you know, Donaldson doesn't fit as much as he does before. Uh, but if you're the Blue Jays and, and, and the fan base, you still have to be uh, pretty disappointed, I think, that um, you're most likely going to come out of this situation without much to show for it. I, yeah. I think that's the biggest disappointment thing because you really, you know, you looked at the situation and be like, okay, Josh Donaldson can help jump, you know, jumpstart this rebuild, uh, get a couple of big-time prospects in here. Um, that seems pretty unrealistic at this point. Exactly. And, Gregor, that's, that's the thing Jays fans have to get ready for because, as you said, the Jays really have no leverage. And some team, yeah, I'm with you. If you're a contending team, take a shot. You're going to give up some low-end or, or high-risk prospect. And if Donaldson is even a guy who comes off the bench and helps you a bit in the postseason, it's a plus. Like, there's really no downside to a, a low-end asset trade away to bring in a guy with Donaldson with, heck, if you capture lightning in a bottle and he somehow gets hot, come playoff time well boy that's a steal yeah yeah absolutely i mean you know it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he came back and at some point in september he became the hottest hitter in baseball right i mean we, we saw last year uh you know he finished last year on an absolute tear he was probably the best hitter in baseball over the last six weeks of last season uh and that followed up a you know a bit of a disappointing season for him as well because he had those injury problems last year too and so you know we've seen this from him before um, and yeah, I just, I mean, those type of players don't usually become available uh, around this time. And we, we saw last year where the Astros were able to pull off a late deal for Justin Verlander and obviously a completely different player. Uh, but we saw what, uh, what Verlander, um, kind of meant to that Astros team. And, and Donaldson could mean that, uh, offensively speaking as well. And so if you put him on a certain, you know, some, some certain lineups, I mean, it completely changes the dynamics of that. And, and, um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see where that goes because despite the layoff, you know, Josh Donaldson's bat is so good that, that it wouldn't surprise me at all if he came back and became a major factor in, in the postseason run. Right, and almost similar, too, to a, a Jay Bruce deal that the Indians made last season, right? An extra bat. And again, as you said, the upside for Donaldson at his peak is much higher than any of the other guys listed. But it's all about adding that extra little bit of depth, weapon, whatever, to playoff team. So we'll see come Friday. Now, Gregor, is there anybody else that you think is going to move for the Jays? There's, there's some names we've gone over before, but are you feeling anybody else gets, death, uh, gets, gets dealt? And, and really, again, should we be expecting a similar type of return like the Jays would get for Donaldson? I, to be honest with you, I don't really see much else happen. Uh, I mean, they've been trying to trade Curtis Granderson yeah. all month. Um, nobody's, nobody's bid on that. Um, and unless the, the Yankees have uh, you know, a last-minute panic about Aaron Judge and needing some insurance there. Uh, you know, I really don't see something happening, but 
Uh, and, and you can say the same thing about some of the other guys. I mean, Marco Estrada was somebody else the Blue Jays were hoping to get something for. Um, and he's looked awful in the last few starts, and he clearly isn't healthy. Um, and he admitted that after his last start, that the back's still an issue. Uh, so to me, there's no contending team out there that's going to that's gonna risk that the way he's looked recently. And, um, you know, and then there are other guys like Justin Smoke, a guy who's cleared waivers and, and could, in theory, be moved. But that's a piece that the Jays would actually want something you know decent in return because uh, they still need a first baseman next year. He, he's at a, he's on a very affordable contract. Um, you need to be in you know you need some incentives in order to make a move there, and, and that's not really the type of move that you know a lot of teams I, I think are willing to make at this point in time of the year. So I expect him to stay put as well. And then you know maybe somebody maybe somebody takes a, a wild card shot at uh, you know Tyler Clipper to become like their sixth inning reliever or something like that. I would be surprised with that on that as well. Uh, but. I, Whatever trades the Blue Jays work out beside Donaldson and probably even including Donaldson isn't going to get you much. I mean, if if you're dealing Curtis Granderson, I think you're essentially giving him away at this point. Um, So I don't really think that there's much of an asset uh, coming back in return. It's just going to be a piece that, you know, the Blue Jays might hope one day becomes a, a bullpen option or an optionable guy down the road that just becomes a depth piece. Right. Again, more depth to the minor league system. And yeah, like if you get, I, I guess, Gregor, the, the thought might be at this point with again, 2019 down year, try to come back in 2020 and then 2021, you know, you keep, keep going is that if you get 10, one works out at the big league level, that, that type of thinking, I guess more, more just add in bunches and see what you get down the road. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about building. Inventory. Yeah. I mean, if it's one of those situations where you get to have 15 scouts in a room and one guy, you know, uh, speaks out in favor of them. It's almost like the draft in a way. And then, yeah. you, know, the, you know, the general manager, the front office gets together and be like, okay, we're, we're going to take a shot in your guy. Um, and, you know, sometimes those, those when we've seen time and time again, those can work out. And so, uh, you know, there's some value there. Uh, you know, I'm, if I'm the Blue Jays, I'm looking to move everybody uh, on an expiring contract. And if you can get, uh, you know, a lottery ticket in, in Class A, then uh, that one guy in your organization likes, and then you take a shot and, and see what you have over here. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But absolutely, it's all about it's all about compiling assets at this point, even the even the low level ones, and and just kind of hoping that that something turns into into a bit of an asset for you. Well, Gregor, enjoy the rest of this uh, thrilling Baltimore Orioles series, the thirty eight ninety four Orioles against the Jays. Oh boy, it's uh, how tough high quality like... baseball. <laughs> Gregor, I feel I've said it before. I feel so. Bad and have so much respect for Blue Jay for for baseball beat writers who cover bad teams because man like when you realize they're bad you still have like three months of a season left like how hard yeah. just on the way out how hard is that to be able to come up with like ideas compelling storylines to write about when really they're not contending for anything like that's a grind. Yeah, no, it really isn't. This is my eighth year doing it, and, and this would be, you know, I'll, I'll admit it, this is by far the toughest one I've done. And because, you know, when I first started in, in 2011 and 12, I mean, the teams weren't very good, but they were young and exciting. And, and to me, you don't have to be a good team in baseball if you if if you're young and exciting and, and there are little development stories that you can follow along. If there's a really exciting young prospect coming up, you know he's going to struggle for a little bit, and so the wins and losses don't really matter, but you're following that development, you're following that potential. You know, that, that hasn't been around this season. I mean, this, this team was old. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been old for most of the year. Only recently has it started to get a bit younger, and so over the last month or the last few weeks, I'd say it's gotten to be a little bit more interesting to me because there are guys like Ryan Baraki and Sean Reed Foley, and you know I think that those are those are interesting stories to me, even if the games themselves aren't that interesting. Um, but there's been this lull for this team where it's just been so many old veteran 
to be quite honest, bad players who are still around. And, and you, know, you know, what are you looking for in a Sam Gavilio start? You're not really reading anything into a Sam Gavilio start because you know he's not going to be a big part of the future. Uh, but guys like Barucky and Sean Reed Foley and you know, guys like Vlad and, and Bo Bichette get up here. 2019 is going to be a long season for this team. They're, they're not going to be good. Uh, but I think it'll be a lot more exciting for, for fans and, and, and for media alike just because there's going to be you know, more, more compelling angles and more interesting stories about, about the, the younger guys coming up and just watching how they develop. For sure. Well, Gregor, you're doing God's work, my friend. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Gregor Chisholm, MLB.com, Blue Jays reporter.